0: good morning hey that was pretty good let's try it one more time good morning morning. all right we are jeff and susan and we are happy to be with you guys today i just want to take a moment and thank you for your prayers and your giving to the world evangelism fund now susan and i have been gone we've been in papua new guinea for over 21 years and I know that there's all kinds of offerings the church has you give to, but Alabaster and uh, World, uh, World Mission Broadcast and who knows what other offerings there may be. But I want to thank you for being willing to give because it's what makes the mission program of the church work. Without you, it don't work. So I just want to thank you. And I want you to know that your brothers and sisters in Christ in Papua New Guinea are giving to the World Evangelism Fund. They've been a mission field. They're still considered a mission field. But they are now giving back to reach out to those who still yet need to know about Jesus. So thank you. For giving so that years ago the mission work in Papua New Guinea could be started. And now it's come full circle and they are giving back. So that others who still need to know can. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Because that's what enables Susan and I and the others missionaries in the church of the Nazarene to go out and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Transition and change. They are inevitable in our lives. Sometimes it can be fun. Other times scary. Anxiety producing. And probably oftentimes challenging. Oftentimes the full impact of transition and change is not obvious at the beginning. We don't know truly what is ahead of us like for a 13-year-old girl who was sitting in a missionary service when the Holy Spirit spoke to her heart and called her to missions for that same 13-year-old girl to have the sensitivity to know and understand. It was the Holy Spirit calling out to her to be a missionary. And writing in her Bible, I think God's calling me to be a missionary. And not really truly knowing what that meant at that time. Or transition. It can be more gradual. As the Lord was working to prepare a young man for the eventual journey halfway around the world that he would one day make. Or it can happen very quickly like it did for the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 6, or sorry, Acts chapter 9. But transition and change happen every day in our lives. Maybe the degree varies, but it happens. We cannot avoid it. We cannot change it. On one hand, it can be good. On the other hand, it can rock the very foundations. Of our lives. All we have ever been promised, whether it is life itself or the transition and change that will come about in our lives, is that Christ will go with us. That as long as we follow His will, He will never leave us nor forsake us as is stated in Hebrews 13, 5. I grew up in a Christian home where I was taught to follow Christ. My parents were very much involved in the local church and in the district of which I grew up on, the East Ohio District. My parents have been involved in various forms of missions at both the local and district levels for as long as I can remember But I think I could say God, in his own way, was gradually preparing me for that 13-year-old girl who had been obedient to God's call to missions. I didn't know it at the time and in those growing up years, and I wasn't thinking about being a missionary one day. My call happened at the age of 35, We were less than three weeks away from leaving Ohio to head to Kansas City for our pre-field training and orientation to the World Mission Division and all that was taking place. I was married and the father of two. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It was quite... A foundation shaker for me. But I want to tell you, be willing to be obedient. We don't know when, what age or stage of our life God may want to lead us into something new. A new adventure. But he knows the plans that he has for us. Susan and I headed for Papua New Guinea in June of 2001 and have continued to serve there for these past 21 plus years. This transition was huge. And as I said, it was a foundation shaker for me. But God promised me in a very special time with him that his grace was sufficient. And it was And it has been. Susan had been waiting for this transition and change since she was 13 years old. It had been her driving force in all of the major decisions leading up to this time. And she was ready to go.
1: As Jeff said, I was in the right right place, in the right time, in the right moment to hear him calling out to me and asking me to be his missionary. And I did write in my Bible, I think God wants me to be a missionary. I didn't know what that meant at that time, but I was sure of the call. 21 years passed from the time that the Lord spoke to me until we actually stepped foot in Papua New Guinea as full-time missionaries for the Church of the Nazarene. But each step of my journey, Uh, Each chapter of my life to that point was influenced by the acceptance of that call. Even when we know that the decision that we're making is exactly what God wants us to do, it doesn't mean that it will be easy. And the reason that it's not easy oftentimes is because we're comfortable right where we are. If... uh, You know, you hear oftentimes people will say, oh, I can't do that. That's outside of my comfort zone. Or someone else will say, let God take you outside of your comfort zone. Well, what does comfort zone actually mean? Well, if you go to Google, as we often do for for so many things, if you put in comfort zone, you'll get something that will say a place or a situation where one feels safe, or at ease, without stress. Well, that sounds like a pretty good place to be. The problem, though, with our comfort zones is that sometimes we feel so comfortable that we're not really looking for or listening to God's voice, especially where it involves change. Oftentimes, we're so comfortable that we're not asking him for help along the way. We get to know that place so well that we know what to expect, and we can pretty easily navigate that area by ourselves, or so we think. My comfort zone is in the highlands of Papua New Guinea at Nazarene General Hospital. Papua New Guinea is an island nation. It sits just north of Australia. It is home to 9 million people. The culture is very diverse. There are beautiful coastal lands and there are rugged highlands. There are over 500, excuse me, 800 languages. Some live in the city and they have running water. They have electricity. But at the same time, a larger majority live in small villages. And inside their house, the floor is dirt. And they use a pit toilet out back. And they go to the river to get water. They use the water to wash their bodies, wash their clothes, wash the vegetables from their gardens. The pigs wash in the water Most of them don't have electricity. Some of our Papua New Guinean brothers and sisters, some of them are well educated. They have good jobs, and many, many more have a limited education, and they are subsistence farmers. That means that they grow in their gardens what they need to live on, and then the excess they sell in the market, and they use those monies to buy the things that they can't grow themselves. Many have cell phones. They know all about Google and WhatsApp and Twitter and Facebook. And at the same time, they lack the basic knowledge of and access to healthcare. And that's where I come in. Now, it wasn't always that way. I practiced in, in Ohio for four and a half years. My training is in pediatrics, and I was pretty comfortable with what I was doing here in Ohio. But when it was time to go in PNG, I was very excited to go. I, I really, I couldn't wait to go. I love my family and all, but I was ready to go. I had fully accepted the call that God had made on my life, and I wanted to get there. When we arrived in PNG, we had a lot to learn. We had to learn how to live in this foreign land. Everything was new and different. In the hospital, I was expected to take care of big people as well as little people. I was expected to assist with complicated deliveries. I hadn't, I had only caught one or two babies, sort of, kind of, when I was a medical student. I was expected to sew up deep lacerations or cuts that um, were a result of someone wielding a bush knife or machete. I learned how to set bones and do casting. I learned how to drain um, fluid from unwanted, uh, unwanted fluid from body cavities, the chest, the belly. I learned how to use ultrasound to make a variety of diagnoses. I learned how to recognize things like malaria and typhoid and TB and chikungunya and all kinds of crazy things. God enabled me to learn all those things. I mean it wasn't just me it was God enabling me and providing colleagues who I worked alongside of who could help teach I learned the language I learned the language so that I could give good news to patients and give bad news to patients I learned the language and could share the love of Jesus with patients PNG became my comfort zone there's nothing wrong with being in a comfort zone The problem is only if we become complacent in that zone. And we're no longer relying on God's strength, but we're relying on our own strength. And if we're no longer listening, and if we're resistant to God's leading, if he wants to take us another direction.
0: Reverend John Henry is an active and dynamic pastor serving in the eastern highlands of Papua New Guinea. That is, until he experienced transition and change. If the church only had more John Henry's. John Henry loves the Lord and is out busy busy telling others about Jesus and planting churches. He worked on the uh, Chimbu Eastern Highlands District for 10 years, pastored a church, and planted 12 churches. Because of that passion, our field strategy coordinator, Kafoa, asked him, Hey, would you be willing to go out and be a pioneer in an area that we, as a Church of the Nazarene, have not yet entered? And he said, Yes. Pastor John Henry went out to Kiyunga in the western province of Papua New Guinea and planted a church. Well, actually, he's planted four churches. And he's known as a Pac-Man. No, not a waka-waka-waka-waka-waka-waka-waka-waka-waka, but a Pioneer Area Coordinator. Been there 19 months, March of 21, planted four churches... Two are fully organized, two are preaching points. And he, along with his team, go out two to three times a month sharing the good news with the Jesus film and showing the Jesus film to those in the villages around where they're located. Pastor John Henry is an agent of change. The Kikori Church was started in 2018. Pastor Wanu Emma and his wife went to the central province where the Kikori Church is located. And in 2020, they began their ministry there. He also is one of our Pac-Men, one of three Pac-Men that we have in areas that the church has either had no presence or very, very little presence He and his wife, in about two to three weeks, will be ordained, and we are excited about that. Our district assemblies will start at the end of this month into November, and they will be one of nearly 90-plus candidates being ordained this year in the district assemblies of Papua New Guinea and the Melanesia South Pacific field. They are actively working also to take the good news of Jesus out to the villages and the people around them. Just, I don't know, maybe three weeks or so ago, uh, Pastor Wanu sent out a a WhatsApp message asking for prayer as they take their little boat, because Kikari is located on Delta's rivers... And they can actually traverse open ocean and was just praying that God would keep them safe and asking us to pray. I'm asking you, pray for Pastor Wanua as he and his team go out sharing the Jesus film to those around them in those remote outlying areas. When Wanda and Sydney Knox went to Papua New Guinea back in 1955, they started simply with a little school and a bush church. I am sure that they must have wondered where all this was going and what kind of impact their newly started mission would have amongst the people of Papua New Guinea in this vast island nation. William Bromley, our Nazarene missionary who started the work in another remote area of Papua New Guinea, served for seven years before he had one convert. Seven years. I, I just have to be honest and say, I don't know if I'd have still been there. But he was. And today, there are 66 churches 36 ordained elders, 35 district licensed pastors, 3,799 members on the William Bromley Memorial District. He was faithful. There is a church there now that is impacting the Jimmy Valley in Papua New Guinea. We don't know what God has in store for us when we are asked to take that first step out of our familiar, our comfort place, into the unknown. But God does. And we do not want to miss what he has in store for us. Today, across Papua New Guinea, there are 17 districts. The Melanesia South Pacific field that we saw on that slide. There are 21 districts across seven island nations. There are a total of 808 churches. I told the Sunday school classroom this morning 825. I told you I'm getting older. It's 808 total churches across our field. 727 of them are in Papua. New Guinea, and 81 are in the other islands around the Melanesia South Pacific field. God is moving.
1: In PNG, I get up each day, and I walk down to the hospital. I first get uh, any x-rays that I need to read, and then any lab results that need to be reviewed, and then I head over to the pediatric ward, and I get to see all my little kids over there. Uh, On one bed, we have a little one with malnutrition. Uh, The birth mom is not involved in her care, and she has gradually kind of dwindled away to just skin and bones. We're providing feeds for her that are specifically designed for kids with severe malnutrition, and over time, we pray that her body will begin to heal and she'll begin to gain weight again. And perhaps not too long down the road, we'll see a smile start to form at the corners of her mouth. And we'll see her eyes light up again. We have two little guys a little further down the road. They're both about six years old. They both sustained a fall and a fractured their right femur, that big bone in the thigh, and they are in traction, and they will stay in traction until they have enough new bone forming around where the break is to make it stable. There's a little guy named Tony on bed 27. He's a doll baby. He has severe asthma, complicated by pulmonary TB and pulmonary hypertension, and he's been with us for a couple months, and he's on treatment, but he's still oxygen-dependent, so he can't go home just yet. I come to another bed, and our staff are intervening. She stopped breathing. And so we started CPR, and we're giving breaths. It doesn't take too long, though, and she picks up. When I look over her chart, she had just been admitted the day before. And from that time till this, she required resuscitation numerous times. She has severe sepsis. She's just a few weeks old. I didn't know it at the time, but the Lord did choose to intervene, and he uh, healed her little body, and she eventually got better, and she went home. There are lots of other kids on the wards. We have 32 beds on the pediatric ward, so we see a lot of different things, a lot of pneumonia, diarrhea, malaria, typhoid, meningitis. Pediatric ward is definitely where I'm most comfortable but over the years, I've learned all kinds of things. God's helped me in a lot of different areas. He's continued to stretch me. Uh, one night not so long ago, I was, uh, we were at prayer meeting, missionary prayer meeting, Thursday night. And I was on call, and one of our trainee doctors, Dr. Spencer, gave me a call. And all he said was, Dr. Susan, I need you in the ER. He didn't explain anything, so I knew it had to be bad. So I headed over to the emergency room, and as I walk in, making my way across the um, the emergency room, I see this guy on the bed, and he's got like part of his right lower leg missing, and it was really it was really impressive, in a really like super yucky, gross kind of way. And I guess I got close to him. I realized he stopped breathing, so I sung out and said, "We need a bag," and we and we gave him breaths. And he did pick up again you know I didn't think that this man would survive he'd lost a lot of blood but God had a different plan and God intervened we called the surgical team in and they came and took him, took him to our operating theater as we call it and he did survive and I know that while he was with us he heard about Jesus Christ Another time I was on call and I was monitoring a lady in labor and she wasn't progressing very well and um, came to the point where we needed to go ahead and take her for C-section. And I got into the, you know, I got into the belly and I made my incision on the uterus and the head was really shoved down into the pelvis really well. And so I'm trying to get my hand down in there and get the head and pull it up out and the arm came out. And you can't deliver a baby if that arm's out and the head's down below. And so I worked and I struggled and I tried to push it back in and get the head moved up and, and I prayed out loud. I said, Lord, we need we need help. Lord help us get this baby out. And to this day, I have no idea what happened. But that baby got completely turned around and I delivered it feet first. That was not me. <laughs> I was very much out of my comfort zone. But God was there. And I love when he does that, when there's absolutely no doubt about it that he's the one that intervened. And he's the one that delivered that baby. And he let me just go along for the ride. Not too long after God invited Wanda and Sidney Knox back in 1955 to come to Papua New Guinea, he invited Mary Alice Condor and her family. And Mary Alice is a nurse, and Mary Alice started the very first clinic on Kujip Station. Now, I would imagine that at that time, she did not have a lot of medical supplies. She very likely did not have a lot of resources. And I would imagine that she at times wondered if it was worth the effort, if the little that she could offer was enough to make a difference. But really, she's the one that opened the door to Nazarene Hospital. She was obedient to what God wanted her to do. And now we have a 130 or 150-bed hospital. We have seven full-time missionary doctors We have five national doctors. We can provide a pretty broad scope of medical and surgical care in Papua New Guinea. Everyone who is admitted to our hospital is seen by one of our chaplains. We have five chaplains. And so they hear about Jesus Christ. You know, our goal ultimately is to bring people to Christ, to provide spiritual care. Medical care is a means to that end. Change and transition occurred not only for Mary Alice Condor and her family when they came, and not just for uh, Wanda and Sidney Knox when they came, but for who knows how many Papua New Guineans. When we accept the invitation for change in our lives, We get to assist God in the transformation, the change that he desires for others. God is inviting us to join him in drawing others to himself. It's like we all get to be a whole bunch of little John the Baptist preparing the way of the Lord. And that's pretty cool. And there's probably not anything greater than that.
0: Like Susan, there was definitely a degree of difficulty leaving Ohio, leaving family, leaving what I had grown up in and been around the first 36 years of my life. But God was faithful. But God gave me what I needed and work in PNG to live and work in p And I became confident in what I was doing. I enjoyed working with our nationals, whether it was in starting radio ministry or in maintenance or doing a course of study towards ordination and taking classes with my fellow students at the Melanesia Nazarene Bible College there, 20 minutes from Kujip, where the hospital station and mission are. Whether it was working in the field office with our district superintendents and church development or just preaching whenever I had the opportunity it was fun being with our nationals but it was also everyday life at times and so as with everyday life there are moments that are fantastically wonderful great beyond belief and then there's those times when well is there any place else I might could go right now I just need to get away But God is there. And he is with us. The point being, do not let everyday life become such a routine that you are not aware of how God wants to use you. How he may want to change up your life and send you in a new direction. We love comfort zones. And that makes sense because, well, they're comfortable. Who doesn't like being comfortable? I know I do. Transition and change? Hey, I'm not a big fan of either one. But they come. And we have to deal with them. And God is able. God knows the plans he has for our lives, Jeremiah 29:11. And no matter the direction they may take us, and that is where Susan and I find ourselves today. And in this time of our lives, we have been humbled and privileged to be used by God in Papua New Guinea in the work of missions for the Church of the Nazarene. But we have felt God's hand leading us in a new direction to return to the States. At the end of our home assignment, December 31st, We will remain stateside and will not be returning to Papua New Guinea. We have spent three years praying and seeking God's will and direction in this decision and feel that he has confirmed and is leading us back to the states to be a help and a blessing to our family. Yes, the future is a big time of transition and change for us. And it does indeed look scary at times. But just as God has led and directed these past 22 years that we have been on mission contract with the Nazarene Church, he will be in control and will lead us in the next however many years he has for us and will lead us into the future. What about you this morning? What about you? Are you fighting transition and change in your life, in your church? Do you see transition and change coming your way? Is it possible that God is trying to break you out of a comfort zone and into new ways of trusting him? Because he's wanting you to join him in something new and exciting. Maybe he's needing you to rely on him more than you currently are doing. As long as we continue to listen for God's voice and direction, we can continue to count on him to lead us, love us, and guide us in what he is calling us and giving us to do. And be ready because he may just pick you up one day and move you to a whole new adventure. Our God is special like that. And he will continue to use us and move us. But we have to trust him. And you can't trust him to go with you wherever and in whatever he may be calling you to or sending you to or the new adventure he may be wanting to put you on as the old hymn says when we walk with the lord in the light of his word what a glory he sheds on our way what we While we do his good will, he abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship
2: sweet,
0: we will sit at his
2: feet.
0: Or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says, we will do. Where he sends, we will go. Never fear, only trust. And obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Today, be happy in. Jesus, and be willing to trust and obey in whatever adventure God may be leading you or your church into.
3: Thank you, Jeff and Susan we want to take a moment now to consider our support for the global mission of the Church of the Nazarene. That's what these cards are for. Now, I would mention to you that these particular promises go to the support of the entire mission enterprise of the Church globally. If you would like to give to the support support of the transition of the Myers into their new mission in the United States, you can do that online. There's a line on our giving app that says Jeff and Susan Myers Missionary. You can go there and give specifically to the support of that and them in particular. But this particular uh, promise is to support the global work of the Church of the Nazarene Missions. And so we're gonna sing a song together. If you haven't already filled this out, take a moment to do that. There's a box in the back as you leave this morning and after the benediction. I'll invite you to drop these slips in that box in the back. And then the Myers will be in the lobby. If you'd like to greet them personally after the service, uh, say hi, ask the question that you were waiting for an answer to and you don't have yet, and introduce yourselves. Would you stand with me as we sing and as we consider what we will do?
2: Again, increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come, set our hearts ablaze with hope like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come, invade us now. We are your church. We need your power in us We seek your kingdom first We hunger and we thirst Refuse to waste our lives for your our joy and prize, to see the captives' hearts released, the hurt, the sick, the poor at peace. We lay down our lives for heaven's cause. We are your church. We pray, revive this. Show your mighty hand, heal our streets and land, set your church on fire, win this nation back, change the atmosphere, build your kingdom. the near and far no force of hell can stop your beauty changing hearts you made us for much more than this awake the kingdom see in us fill us with the strength and love of Christ are the hope on earth so build your kingdom here let the darkness fear show your mighty hand heal our streets and land set your church on this back. Change the atmosphere. Build your kingdom. Let's say that again. Build your kingdom. Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show nation back. the atmosphere. Build your kingdom. Here we
3: pray. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we are grateful to hear of your work around the world. We know you're at work. We've seen the evidence of your work. We've heard the stories of your work. And we give you praise for it. And we ask today, Lord, that you would speak. Speak to us. Your servants are listening. Direct our involvement at whatever level. Call us into service. Build your kingdom through us. And may we, by our lives, bring glory to the exalted name of Jesus Christ. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. And now may the God of peace use you to his glory. And may you know the joy of having the kingdom of God come through you now and ever. Amen.